so, so stupid. That's yeah. it's so fucking stupid. <sighs> so fucking stupid. Yeah. You know what's not stupid? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Pixelit. I, I never know if you're going to take. I, I can sometimes I think it was like, oh, that would be a good opening for Kevin to do it. Is he? You think he's gonna? And you give it sometimes a long enough pause that I'm like, oh, you're, okay. We're you're sh- thinking of moving on? Yeah. And then on. I, I hit you with it. Not this I time. I hit you with mother. it. <laughs> welcome back to Pixelit. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And today on the show, we're starting a brand new book. Yes. Halo. The Rubicon Protocol, which is a prequel to Halo Infinite. Look at that. Look at that book. And uh, we're just going to we're going to say say right up front that Mm. uh, this episode um, and the following few episodes on this book, uh, this is courtesy of the publisher of the book. We, We received these copies of the book gratis. So uh, we want to be upfront about that, and um, that would not color our uh, views of the book one way or the other. But we want to make sure you, the audience, knows that yeah. uh, we didn't pay a goddamn thing uh, for this book. Um, but hey, As there's we've been other the books past, we can be bought. We can we can be bought. <laughs> um, no, there's been other books that we've read for free during this series, and hey, we've been pretty mean to those books. So um, yeah. Uh, the the whether we get it for free or not is not really <laughs> something that colors our commentary. Not those, we can be bought, but not for you know two trade publications. You know, it's, it's yeah, not for two trade paperbacks. Really, not really um, worth it to us. But this is a tie-in to Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite was released. Uh, I want to say around this time last year. Um, Almost, yeah. It was. It, or it's actually towards the end of the year. Yeah. Out first, yeah. Um, and Halo Infinite is just—it's the most recent game in the Halo series. You could call it Halo Six, um, even though it's like Halo Thirty in terms of the number of Halo games that have come out over yeah. the years. Uh, <laughs> and it is a unlike the other Halo games, it's an open world uh, Halo experience. I have not played it. I'm actually considering picking it up um i have to i still have to kind of fight I, I i've done i've played one and reach uh so i have a i have a lot of halo yeah. to catch up on uh even though we've read uh, this will be our third halo book um yeah. but yeah it was pretty well received it was uh it's it's the latest in the 343 industries um verse of of halo who 343 industries took over the franchise after uh bungie uh absconded away uh to make destiny and and, yeah. and the like to become <laughs> destiny machines basically to make yeah it, to be the destiny machines and now uh to be owned by sony which is just a weird i still don't it's it, it's still weird <laughs> It's still weird because <laughs> we're old enough to remember like the grand opening of Halo, you know, of like yeah. Bungie, this this new upstart, you know, group company of that was this- acquired by Microsoft. Yeah. Out from under the noses of Apple, like that whole Absolutely. thing. Yeah, it was <laughs> Apple a big was, deal. Ap- Apple was going to get into the gaming industry with 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 Halo and uh, Halo Combat Evolved was going to be their killer, you know, killer game that was going to be, you know, an Apple exclusive. 
And mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft said, uh, hey, that's a nice game you got there. Would be a shame if somebody stole it. <laughs> and it totally worked. Like that's that's, that's it totally worked. And Steve Jobs said never again and basically gave up on gaming on Apple ba- forever. You know, he forever. just didn't he just did not care anymore after no after that. And, and it's and it's and it was a and it was a legendary enough. I mean, this it carried the Xbox for a very, yeah. very long time. Like yeah. you have to wonder. It, would we be in like, you know, because in as far as the PlayStation versus Microsoft argument is concerned, Nintendo is not really in that war. Nintendo is their own thing. They've got their own universe there. But you got to wonder, would we be in a Apple versus Sony versus Microsoft world uh, in consoles if if they had released yeah. Halo or would Halo be? Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Because we're, I mean, we're at the time in the late 90s, early 2000s, we're in a time where Apple is, they're kind of starting a little bit of a comeback. They had mm-hmm. just, uh, Steve Jobs had just returned to the company after Apple had acquired um, his old, his, the company that he started after he left Apple, um, which was a high-end workstation. So uh, Apple at the time was kind of becoming known for being a professional's workstation type of computer. It had the yeah. power. And if they had made a really dedicated push to being, yeah, it's a powerful machine, it can run, it, it it could be your gaming machine too. I mean, I think maybe we start to see a little bit of a different, I think the early 2000s play out in a slightly different way. I don't yeah. know if Apple continues down that path, but uh, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought experiment. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a part of me that wonders if, Halo wouldn't have ended up being like think of a game that nowadays we look at as incredibly positive and and like a groundbreaking game, um, but one that wasn't appreciated in, in its time. You know, sure. would, would Halo be like one of those games? You know, yeah, that uh, yeah. that didn't didn't get its fair due. But we that live never, in the timeline where it's this Titanic it's, it is, FPS thing. Yeah, it really shaped the way uh, first-person shooters were made for a fairly long time. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's you know it's it's your your Halos and or uh, in the early '90s, and we can talk about the history of first-person shooters all day. Uh, but you know, in the early '90s, <laughs> you have we might. you have ID Software. You know, you have yep. you have ID and the Children of ID and all the games that are uh, inspired uh, by ID. Um, you know, you have your Doom and then you have your Duke Nukem's and your you have your, your Raven software making things like Hexen and Heretic and you have all that stuff. And uh, hey, that sounds like a good idea for a podcast to talk about mid-tier shooters. Listen to Bullet Time, folks, sometime next year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Halo Infinite is the latest release. It's gotten mostly positive reviews and... Uh, the basic plot is uh, Master Chief uh, was on the infinite when the infinite gets blown to smithereens and he's just floating out in space for six months um, and they pick him up and they resuscitate him because he's goddamn Master Chief and he can yeah. live in the vacuum of space for six months. Sure. Why not? Doesn't mean squat to him. Doesn't mean squat to him. Um, but yeah, they were the the UNSC. Uh, Infinite was on its way to Halo Zeta uh, to 
take on Cortana and her guardians when they drop out of slip space and oops, all banished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's that's also, wouldn't you know it, where this book picks up. It's yep. the exact same scene. And so. it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating because, you know, you think about it, we're jumping ahead here. We were doing the, the we're Halo jumping so far ahead in the, in the Halo verse. I mean, we were right. on the flood and now we're on the latest book. <laughs> right. Right. But it, but it works in a way because, and we're going to get into all of it, but it, it, it is kind of a self-contained uh, story slash universe kind of thing that we're about to get into here. So yeah, uh, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, Befuddle too many people, uh, although what is befuddlement really? What is befuddlement anyway? Just mm. confusion persevering. What? I didn't say anything. Um, Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? I smell toast. Where are we? Uh, so, Phil, can you tell me a little bit about Kelly Gay? Kelly Gay, uh, she is the author of... Halo, the Rubicon Protocol. And this is actually her third Halo book. She's been writing uh, Halo books since uh, 2017. Uh, one every two years. Uh, Halo Smoke and Shadow, Halo Renegades, and now Halo. Oh, sorry. And Halo Point of Light last year. This is her fourth one, Rubicon. Uh, and she is, it's kind of fascinating, to be completely honest, because she is primarily an urban fantasy author which is this very popular genre these days, especially among uh, the YA crowd. Uh, and uh, she does do a little YA, but she does a lot of adult stuff too. And I've always admired urban fantasy, even though it's not exactly my genre. I, I, I see it as kind of like the other side of the coin from horror. It's weird. It's out there. It's trying to create a strange universe in your current world. Is it like magic in present day type stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, th that kind of thing. Like, you know, you've got a city uh, with trolls in it, kind of almost like Shadowrun. It doesn't, but but less cyberpunky. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, Shadowrun minus cyberpunk is urban yeah. fantasy. Yeah. For, uh, you know, for, uh, we'll get a lot of people who will be like, no, no, but like, you know what? For our purposes, yeah, sure. kind of. You know, okay. it, let's not get too precious about this. People, it's it's not wrong. Uh, and that's her thing. And she's really well known for a series called the Charlie Madigan series, which is this alternate reality uh, sort of thing. Uh, it's, it takes place in Atlanta. Humanity's discovered like different paranormal dimensions. And so you've got all kinds of supernatural beings interacting with uh, people on our planet. And uh, it follows a woman who is both a policewoman and a single mom. And that's another thing you see a lot with uh, with the urban fantasy. There is a very you do get magic and, and action and dragons and trolls and all that kind of shit. Uh, you know, set against, you know, an urban background. Uh, but it also very heavily uh, draws into, you know, people's everyday lives and that sort mm, of thing. Gotcha. So it tends to be, uh, you You can get a lot of light fluff out of it, but you you get a lot of people who take it very, very seriously. And, and, and Kelly Gay seems to be one of them. Um, it's surprising when you look at this book. And again, we're going to get into this here soon. But knowing that that's her genre of choice kind of fascinates me with uh, 
covering a sci-fi military universe like Halo. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it requires a level of versatility uh, that I think would be uh, totally. daunting for most people. Uh, but this is her fourth Halo book, so she knows what she's, she's doing. Very comfortable, it seems, in yep. playing in this universe, which is oh yeah, uh, which is neat. Um, you know what? I just thought of. I just realized the the thing that just popped in my mind for urban fantasy, uh, which is a terrible example, is that dumb movie Bright, written by that yeah that sure. shitty shitty human being. Um, uh, uh, Max, uh, what's his last name? Uh, my dad killed some people. Uh, Max, oh, Lannis, Max, my dad yeah. killed some people. Yes. My dad, my dad is a is an unforgivable monster uh, and a piece of shit who is the res- responsible for the death of a child and, uh, and two children and, and a two veteran children. actor. Uh, yeah, fuck John Lannis, right by the in name this of wrinkled asshole. Uh, two uh, <laughs> Vietnamese children, I believe, yeah. and Vic Morrow. Um, yeah. So just yeah. Google that, you know, if yeah. you want to, we're not, we're not lying here. John Landis is, uh, uh he did a thing and it well, killed I, Vic Morrow and two kids. And apparently, uh, Max Landis isn't, uh, is it much? And of Max a, Landis uh, is a, a huge piece of shit. So the shit doesn't fall far from the shit tree. Exactly. As far as we know, they, he hasn't killed anyone at least. Yeah. I wonder how litigious they are. Anyway, we'll find out. <laughs> Join us next week and find out. <laughs> But we'll see <laughs> to, to answer your question. Uh, yes, actually, I would write right as a piss poor uh, 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 urban uh, fantasy. Yeah, urban fantasy. It's a piss poor urban fantasy. It's a good example uh, of of a neutral a bad genre, urban fantasy, but a bad, <laughs> but a bad movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, what I was I just watching that that, that might actually slide into that is uh, we're. Uh, uh, I was catching up on a show called Lock and Key. Yeah, um, yeah, I've read the comics on, for that. Yeah, yeah, on on Netflix, and uh, my wife was really into it. So I've been, and season three just came out, so I've been catching yeah. up on on season two. And you know, it's set in a small Massachusetts town, and magic. It's basically only the kids know that magic exists, and there's mm-hmm. something. There's like a barrier at adulthood that forces you to forget that it exists. That they really yeah. haven't gotten into the why that needs to be the case but um i i I, i've seen some hints but yeah i i I could see that that falling into that genre it's it's definitely that ya uh feeling as well yeah yeah i don't know how they did with the show but yeah the um uh uh joe hill stephen king's kid uh wrote that and uh oh that makes a lot of sense now yeah yeah he's a he's a solid, solid writer Right down to right down to a New England setting. Exactly. He, he exercised <laughs> some level of restraint and kept it out of Maine. <laughs> he's, he's like, you know what? They're gonna all get. They're all gonna think it's gonna be in Maine. I'm gonna move it two states over to Massachusetts. Blow their minds. <laughs> oh wow! I did not know that. That's that's Stephen King's kid. Yeah, that he's he, all over he, the place. Uh, and he goes. He goes. He doesn't go by his his, his dad's name. No, no, he tried. I, I, I don't know if it's specifically because he was trying to distance himself from his dad, but it's kind of like, it's kind of just, it's, it's not a secret uh, that it's, it's pretty well known that he's, he's his. Uh, oh, I just his, looked up a picture of him and God oh, damn it. Yeah. He's got a lot of his dad in that face. He's got a lot. He is, he is his father. 
in a yep. very intense way. Right. He is his dad. Yeah, very much so. And and seems to have his work ethic as well, uh, because uh, the man is also a graphomaniac. He he writes comics, he writes TV shows and film and and a lot of short stories, a lot of books. He's he's all over the place and very talented. But you know, and I will say, as a as a you know, a big horror fan who has, you know, read a lot of Stephen King and a fair amount of Joe Hill, uh uh not I, I don't see a lot of his dad in his writing. Uh, yeah. and not, not, that's not a bad thing for the, for the record. Like he's, he's got his own voice going and it's, it's, it's pretty great all on its own. So. Yeah. Apparently they've yeah. collaborated a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but interesting. Yeah. Hill yeah. is his, is his middle name. Oh, it's I didn't part, know It's that. like okay. part of it's Joseph Hillstrom King or something uh, like that. Oh, good call. <laughs> good change. Good change, Joe. <laughs> But yeah, um, interesting. So, uh, a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. We haven't even gotten into the book yet. I know this is a this is a big one. This is a big one. Um, so, all right, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, this book came out at the beginning of August. Uh, mm-hmm. We are reading this. Um, we're recording this a couple weeks after it came out. You all aren't hearing this until like. I don't know, late September uh, or something like that. Should be, should be October. Should be October. Um, yeah. So there's going to be a little bit of a gap. Um, but don't you worry. It should not affect the review one way or the other. No. So here we go. Um, so we start with chapter one. And I actually wanted to make sure this time, because a lot of Halo stuff is very precise on dates and days. Yeah. So. I broke it up, broke them up mostly into the days rather than the chapters for my notes. Um, oh, that's just a good because, idea. Just because it felt like, let's kind of chunk it together in timeline. So day one, chapters one and two happen in day one. Um, and we are with the UNSC flagship Infinity has been ambushed by the Banished uh, when they exited slip space above Zeta Halo. Uh, and we, the first character we meet is Spartan Stone, and we meet her. She is holding up the, like a bulkhead that yeah. has has collapsed, and is just waiting for people to get through uh, this area so that they can get to the to the lifeboats. And she's about to go when she sees a medic, like a dazed medic, kind of like walk through uh, the hallway. He probably has some smoke inhalation issues, whatever, and she's like get up, you know, you got to go. If you can hold this bulk, if I can hold this bulkhead, you can walk. So Mm -hmm. she, she gets him to go. um, And uh, she, uh, she escorts him to the lifeboats. She throws him into one of the lifeboats. It's very similar to the opening of um, Halo, the first game where you have a Spartan, um, like Master Chief basically throwing uh, somebody into a lifeboat and then getting into his own. I um, never, you're absolutely right. I never thought about that. So there's some parallels here. <laughs> Both of them kind of start with uh, the destruction of a big UNSC ship. Um, both start with focused on a single Spartan escorting somebody to a lifeboat um, and getting off the ship. Um so yeah, she she gets a she throws him into one of them. She gets into the other lifeboat, and they take off. Um, and it is chaos 
out yeah. in in out there. You know, it is there's just there's fighters everywhere. Um, there's some Spartans that are flying, you know, uh, doing some of the dog fighting out there. There's some Spartans that are still on the ship fighting off boarding parties. It's it's just straight up bananas. And um, so Stone uh, is on one lifeboat. There's uh, on the other lifeboat is Lieutenant Murphy, who I had to look up. And Lieutenant Murphy was like, oh, <laughs> when he was introduced in the back of my head, it was treated as if he needed some sort of like, like the audience, like give a round of applause yeah, when they saw <laughs> Lieutenant Murphy. <laughs> No, the same thing. When they introduced him, it was in a way that I was just like, should I know who he is? It's like the applause sign is flashing. And yeah, I looked exactly. it up and his first appearance is in Halo 4. Yeah. <laughs> He's been around. He's been around for a little while. So they, um, they're uh, piloting to the uh, to their piloting their respective ships to the surface. Murphy's ship is hit, though, and they lose contact. Um and the only other uh, notes that I have for chapter one is that the only evacuate, the only two Spartans from that specific team, Stone's team, is her and another Spartan named Kovan. Yeah. Uh, they're the only two evacuating. The rest were staying on the ship. And uh, the purpose of the mission was to stop Cortana. Yeah. Um, and that's that's pretty much the entirety of chapter one. Yeah. And it's, it's, just- it's just... It's it launches dense, you into it. It launches you right into it. It's yeah. It's in media res, like just sirens blaring, fires yeah. are are firing. Uh, chapter two, we flip perspectives, and we now are uh, from Kovan, the other Spartans' point of view. Um, and this is a pretty fucking awesome scene. She gets into one of the. Um, the drop pods. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else is getting on lifeboats. She gets into one of the drop pods and the drop pods are basically, I remember from, I believe it was uh, the flood. The drop pod is basically like a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> a single person bullet being shot to this. You could a- melt yourself alive in one of them <laughs> if everything doesn't go completely right. So, so she gets in one of these drop pods and, and shoots off and she, sees a a banished phantom chasing down one of the lifeboats Mm -hmm. and um, she aims her drop pod to hit the phantom and pin it into the ground. And then she gets out of the drop pod, boards the phantom and kills everybody inside. And uh, (laughs) It's pretty badass. <laughs> it's pretty badass moment. So this is like the introduction to these two Spartans that we're, we're getting. Um, and then she uh, she hops out of it and she uh, meets up with the lifeboat that she had just she basically just saved. And um, there's there's a, a marine fire team and uh, a couple of people in the lifeboat. And there's there's one guy in the lifeboat um, who is named his name's Bender. And yeah, I couldn't stop I, thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Bender. And here's the thing. If you're naming your character Bender, you're doing it intentionally. Yeah. As a callback to several characters in in film and animation history who are named Bender. It's like, too distinct. You can't name. just name Bender. It's it's too distinct a name to be like. Yeah, he's just, he's just like the straight laced dude, and he's yeah. not gonna 
There's not going to be anything interesting. Nothing unusual about him. Mm-mm. Bender. <laughs> Smoke up, Johnny. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's a, re- it's so, a rebellious so if, name. If you don't Dan. know what I mean. Yeah. If you don't know what I mean, there's two, there's two benders. There's, um, there's, there's Bender from the uh, Breakfast Club and there's yep. Bender from Futurama. Um, and they're both pretty memorable characters. Um, this Bender, described like he's like this well-built Marine, uh, is actually a barber. He's a barber. Yeah. What? Okay. What? All right. Look, we're going to get into a lot of stuff here. We're going to get a lot. Of, I think it's very cool that we meet characters who are barbers and we'll meet, we'll meet like all, we'll meet retail people and like, like the, the unsung heroes of humanity uh, uh, in Halo that, uh, that, that you don't normally get to see, but Bender the barber. That's a, that's a choice that was made. And I can't, I can't get it out of my head. It literally drove me crazy. It's such a strong choice. It is, it is. a it's very bold choice, Cotton. Let's see how yeah. it pays off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's do. Um, so chapter three, we're now into the following day. Um, we meet, we actually get a name for the medic that Stone saved in chapter one. Uh, his name is Lucas Browning. Um and the ship that he was on crashed into a ravine. Basically, they can't get out. They're, the ship is wedged into a very confined area, and they're in pretty rough shape. The uh, Several of the Marines that were on the ship are dead. One is dying. Um, and another, another person, um, actually, the remaining people outside of Lieutenant Murphy, uh, I don't think any of them are soldiers. Uh, no. Lucas is a medic. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Dim begins with a D. Um, yeah, it's there's some. She's a firefighter, some... basically. Yeah. Um, Dimmick. Dimmick is a firefighter. Cam is uh, something. Is he the mortuary like, assistant? No that that guy was that guy actually was on the boat with Bender. I got right. so 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 hooked on Bender. I forgot to yeah. mention. There was a mortician on the boat as well named Gavin Joe. That's it, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of a lot of fun characters in this book. Yeah. Cam, and, Cam is and, uh, communications, I think. Yeah. Um, so you'll notice that these characters all have very distinct uh, uh, professions and just all kinds of ways and to names. And yeah, just all kinds of ways to to make them stand out uh, yeah. and uh, develop. Interestingly enough, even though not all of them are going to be with us throughout the entire book, we still take a little time to get to know them and um, watch them develop, uh, even if it's only a little bit. Even a little I, bit. You know? I don't. I don't know why I felt the need to point that out. I, I don't know. It's just. just, mm. just Hmm. Hmm. We're not Choices. looking at you, Scott Cawthon, because you retired. Quitter. <laughs> Rich quitter. <laughs> Rich quitter, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, <laughs> um, 
they're in rough shape and they're they're sending out the mayday calls and the mayday calls are answered by another Spartan uh, named Thomas Horvath. And yes. uh, so Horvath is making his way to the ship. And uh, one of the things that I love about Horvath, and I forget if it's mentioned specifically here, um, but he has in his AI is tallying how often he swears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally they they've got a bet going to see who like basically who could, to see if uh if who the would Sarge, who could swear the least right it's, uh, it's a, among it's a on his jar. team <laughs> they've got like a built-in swear jar for their helmets and their HUD <laughs> and he's he's like he can see the leaderboard right in his in his, I mean that's a nice detail it's a great yeah and every now and you'll forget about it. You'll forget about it, and like pages later, he'll see something. You go shit, and you'll hear tick like <laughs> <laughs> like the, an, a ding goes towards his swear tally. It's terrific. <laughs> it's such a fun detail. <laughs> um, so they're talking, but and Swervath is on their way, but then uh, there's there's an interruption. Horvath uh, 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 is basically realizes that Lucas Lucas and him are from the same planet. Uh, Alluvion, and Alluvion was one of the first planets to get glassed by the Covenant years ago. Um, so, but they're they're you know talking, they're reminiscing about like oh, I did, oh what 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 town are you from? What city are you from? Oh blah blah, blah. like oh yeah, I heard that accent. And like oh, did you, did you go to this school? Like nah, they had shut that down. Or right. you know all the all the bullshit that you go yeah. through when you when you like randomly meet somebody who's from the same area that. It, so th- I, I was like, that's kind of a cool detail, because that, that's kind of shit that people do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, they're just making that small talk about high school. Um, Especially and, in the military. Like, in the yeah. military, like, you know, you're going to look for any kind of connection. Right. Even right. Like, I was just an army brat. And, and, and we still with, you know, you met a kid your own age and you'd say, we're. Where were you last? It's like I was in Benning. Oh, I was in Benning uh, with my dad uh, five years ago. Did you go to this? It, it goes exactly like this. It was. It, it's a pretty terrific detail. Yeah, um, but they're cut. They're interrupted uh, when there's a gigantic shockwave that ripples through the entire area. Um, uh, basically, it it starts to create fractures and 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 stuff like that, and a whole chunk of the ring basically breaks off. Um, and it, it's just gone. It's just, and like parts along the edges are now just floating into as like islands and, and you can actually see it on the cover of the book, um, on the, uh, on the, in the background, you can see, yep, there it is. You can see the, that's, that's the literal in your head. It's this chunk of just the chunk of the ring is missing. And now there's these little floating islands of halo that are just being kept in place by the gravity of of the ring um so that that interrupts their their uh their conversation um and that was chapters three and four uh moving on to chapter five stuff is now very bad inside the lifeboat the marine that was dying is now dead Mm -hmm. (laughs) um He's he's downgraded his status. <laughs> they have downgraded the status of that marine to dead, um, yeah. and uh, so and the and Cam now has a glass shard 
uh, lodged oh. underneath his kneecap. Oh, <laughs> just probably one of the worst places. Just oh. like God, this book does not let up. I'm sure you guys at home, you can tell, like, we didn't start with a, we're floating through space and everything's great. And and I'm, and I'm a barber and sure, I'll give you a haircut and let's go get hoagies first though. Boom. Oh no. What's that? No, it starts in shit town. And now we're in shit town with glass under our kneecap. Like it doesn't let up. And every time you get a little moment of like, well, maybe things aren't so shit. Boom. They're shit again. There's there's shit again, and they are a looser stool than before. Oh, it is, yeah. and it's slippery, and the snakes get hotter and hotter. <laughs> I think I just grossed myself out with that one. God damn it! I don't know if I had to say that, Kevin. I you don't think I had to say that. You didn't have to say it. We were already there. We were already in a pretty gross spot, and we really just made it. <laughs> Oh, toasty. Toasty. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, that kind of reference has a way of throwing shit off, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Speaking of shit. Anyway, yeah. Spartan Stone uh, finds them. Um, she finds them. And as we've seen before, Spartan Stone is very known for her uh, feats of strength. She mm-hmm. rescues them by by reaching down and ripping the whole front end of the lifeboat off so that they can climb through. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's a badass. She's described as like, I think six foot 10. She's nearly seven yeah. feet tall. She's like opening up like metal pieces, like a tuna can lid and oops, my nipples are erect. How did that happen? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you have a type Phil. I think I'm a- we no joke. Me and Emily went on a date the other night, and she put on like some really way higher heels than normal for her. And she was like maybe half an inch taller than me. And I was like, "You might maybe need to put on those heels more frequently. They're pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Oh, right. You like tall women?" I'm like I do. Yeah, yeah. Be like, you know, we we played Resident Evil Village on one of our first like That's dates. Not- <laughs> you remember you remember you remember how I reacted to, to that to Lady Dimitres? It's you now. Lucky. Uh and she she's uh depending on when this episode comes out, she will be or is your wife. I have to check. She, the it, we will be according to the schedule, uh this will be coming out three days before our wedding. So oh my god. Yeah, this is this is the time. It's the time is now. uh your wife um yes exactly (laughs) so uh dimmick and uh cam uh they they receive some medical treatment uh, and lucas pulls the shard out (laughs) of cam's knee (laughs) it was just i love that moment and he's like he's like oh they were just probably gonna pull the shard out and like and Lucas is like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. Right. I love it. <laughs> Breed's like, oh, I was just going to pull the shirt out. The guy's like, are you were? Are you kidding? And the medic's like, oh, that's totally what, what that's, I'm going to that, do. That's yeah. totally what I was going to do. I just yeah. have the biofoam to put in, in the wound that it leaves. Right. Um, 
so with that, they're they're off to find higher ground. Um, and that's that's the end of the first two days on Halo Zeta, and we pick up five days later. Yeah. Um, and Horvath has basically been on his own since then. He's just been trying to piece together what happened. He's been following a group of banished, seeing uh, what they're up to. Uh, he is not too pleased with how the banished treat the wildlife. He is. Yeah, it's an interesting is, detail. <laughs> it's an interesting detail. He's he's one of these types of he It basically lays out that Horvath is one of these hunters that is like respect the animal. Right. Um, you don't like you don't you don't treat animals poorly. You kill them with honor and dignity. Yeah. Um, you thank Horvath, them for their sacrifice. You thank them for their sacrifice. Horvath is wearing a cowboy hat in my head. In my head now, absolutely. <laughs> it's built into the the, built, the Spartan helmet. The, the Spartan Milner helmet armor. is in the shape yeah. of a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> a ten gallon Mjolnir hat. <laughs> well, I reckon they don't treat those deer too well. Um, the Dalai so Lama says I must respect all living things. Um, so Horvat's tally, and while he's like, sir, so basically what happens is these deer kind of get trapped in a ravine and they can't get out, and the banished are just like uh, being really gross with how they kill them and and mm-hmm. pick them apart and eat them. Um, and Horvath is like, oh, God damn. Nothing at all like the way humans do it. <laughs> Not Nothing at all like the way nothing humans do it. Nothing at all like the way we do it. <laughs> Horvath is clearly born uh, too late for for like the, the chicken and cow farming of <laughs> the <laughs> 21st century. Anyway, he... Uh, <laughs> he um, he his cursed tally goes up a few times during this yep. scene as he um, talks about how much he's not a fan of how the banished treat uh, are treating their animals, um, and he keeps following them until there's a phantom that lands and there's a bunch of like banished higher ups that meet up with this group of of banished that had been separated, and uh, he starts like listening in with his li- he's got like little you know, spy microphone that he's mm-hmm. pointing at them. And they're like, well, we're, we'll, we'll, we're going to stop here. This will be a good choke point. One of the other banners is like choke point for fucking what they're, <laughs> they're scattered. What do we need to choke? Like th- I love this detail where, <laughs> Oh yeah. He totally talks back. <laughs> it's like, we've just decimated these people. Who's like, we've what, already what won. Choke? What choke point? What do you, th- this is in the battle of Thermopylae. The, right. <laughs> You Zack Snyder loving piece of shit. And then. <laughs> and then the other grunt, uh, the other no brute, uh, like backhands brute. the other. And uh, uh, it's not a grunt. Uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately, more is the pity. Un- unfortunately, uh, there is no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Yet. He's going to be here, though. I have to believe he's going to be here. That, he uh, didn't Kelly die. He back. did not die. No. Yeah, yeah. Lives. Yeah, yep, lives. Um, so they catch wind of Horvath, though. They're like, um, listen, I smell something. And uh <laughs> you know, which which by the way, like if you're a Spartan super, I feel like you know it's like, oh wait, these guys are super good at smelling people. I should maybe shit and just 
They found him. <laughs> yeah. So they a couple of them hop into the Phantom and they they go up to take a, a reconnoiter around and Horvath is he's running. He's doing his marathon man oh, impression. Yeah. Running up that hill is playing in the background. He's running up he's that hill. Out. Kate Bush is 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 um she's asking to make a deal with God to trade places. And uh but God ain't having it, and, and Horvath is going to have to run up that hill. And yeah, by himself. <laughs> by himself. Um, one has to imagine that Horvath is happy pushing that boulder up the hill. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's deep mythological Esoteric, cut. yeah. Um, <laughs> Sisyphus reference. Anyway, so Horvath runs up the hill, and he jumps off a cliff, and basically he's like, jumping off towards like another platform that's kind of like broken and he gets on it. Right. And uh, he's on it and he miscalculates his jump, uh, which is unlike a Spartan, but you know, Horvath seems to be a bit of a wild card. (laughs) (laughs) His, his cowboy hat threw his aerodynamics off. (laughs) Yeah. And he's, so he's hanging on the ledge and then the phantom comes up and then a sentinel comes out of that open segment of the the halo ring because remember it's a it's a it's a halo so it was built by the forerunners and therefore it has the those sentinel robots mm-hmm. so the sentinel comes out and it's like it goes right to town on the phantom yeah thinking that the phantom did some sort of damage um, in the ensuing chaos the entire section breaks off that Horvath had jumped onto and just like starts floating away as an island and twisting through space. Um, and we're in chapter, we're in chapter six now. And this is kind of why I organized it by day instead of chapter, because the action is very continuous through, yes. through these days. Um, so, so the, the section breaks off and it's, it's flipping around. And at the end of it, by the time it's settled, it's just kind of floating out in space and under a massive pile of dirt and debris. And his uh, AI, Elfie, is like, by the way, you only have 90 minutes to dig yourself out. Right. So he does. <laughs> he, he digs himself out. He gets up to the top. He takes his helmet off, puts it at his side, lights a Marlboro. And he asks yeah. Elfie. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he asks Elfie, uh, like, all right, so what's the status? And she's like, well, there's an atmospheric leak in the, the the shielding, environmental shielding around this section is going to fail. Uh, and you got seven days to figure out a way to uh, get off of it. And he's like, the timer, takes starts. A, the timer starts and he takes a long drag of his cigarette and he says, well, partner, better get to work. <laughs> no, I thought you were not, going with, uh, I'm, I'm too old for this shit. I'm impressed. Uh, I'm good. too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> he throws the cigarette down. He stamps it out with his his boot, and we get a smash cut. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's how I'm directing it. The adaptation is this. This is just a book full of smash cuts, like that. Yeah, that's just. <laughs> By the way, this is all smash cuts. <laughs> yeah, this is just one smash cut after another. One smash cut from a shitty from shitty situations into shittier situations. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. Um, Murphy and his crew are uh, traversing through. Uh, and so earlier uh, when Stone had rescued them, she had found an entire like 
troop of Marines. And we get caught up that in the intervening days, all of those Marines have died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember those people we got? They're gone. Don't worry about that. They're, They're gone. gone. Um, yeah. It was re- they they did end up getting replaced, though, because um, they she meet, they meet up with. So Stone and the lifeboat people meet up with Covan and yes. the ODSTs and Marines that she had with her, as well as uh, Bender, the barber and Gavin Joe, the mortu- mortician um, yeah. and Bender and Gavin Joe kind of like shuffle over to be with Murphy's lifeboat people because thematically they all kind of vibe more together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, they, they picked their, they picked their cafeteria table. They picked their group of kids uh, yeah. to hang out with. Well, you know, like we're like the non soldiers with their one soldier friends who is Murphy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's cool guys. He's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. <laughs> is the he's the football player who hangs out with the with the marching band kids for yeah, some reason. Yeah. He, he gets it. He gets, he gets it. it. He's, he's cool people. Don't tell anybody, <laughs> but he plays a barbarian in our D&D game after school. <laughs> um so uh yeah, the ODSTs are assholes like normal. <clears throat> Fucking ODSTs basically yeah. in every piece of Halo media are just pieces of shit. That's Pretty just much, yeah. that's just the way it is. Um, one of them just like nearly kills Murphy for he, like Murphy stopped to look at something on the trail and the ODST just like hits him with his shoulder and not like knocks him off a ledge. Yeah. <laughs> and Bender saves him. Um, but uh, yeah, they they the, the Bent Murphy and the boat crew have bonded and they have a campfire chat basically during one yeah. of their breaks on a march. And, uh, you know, they're they're having fun. They're getting to know each other. Bender mm-hmm. spins a yarn about how he like was a Marine at some point and, and got busted down so many times. That's why he's a barber now. And, um, you know, they don't necessarily know to believe it because he seems like the kind of guy that just makes shit up. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, Cam, ironically, the one who got the, the glass into the knee was like the fastest person on the Infinity um and uh and bender meanwhile they mention has fallen in love with kovan um because kovan gave her gave him her knife um and he's he's really he's really smitten with that um the talk gets interrupted uh when one of the remember those that fresh batch of marines we got after all the other ones were killed sure yeah uh well mosley this one got a name uh, oh. Mosley is just kind of sitting there against the tree. Um, I like to imagine that he had a guitar out and he was starting to play yeah. Wonderwall. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it only makes sense when you find out what happens next, folks. Trust me on this one. Well, anyway, here's Wonderwall. And then an axe comes out of the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The axe speaks for all of us. And just like impales the guy against the tree. And uh, there is, there's a group of banished that just attacks this group. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, I forget which one, one of the Spartans is not there. I think it's stone. Um, Cause they were, or yeah, Coban. it's stone. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was um, trying to get a better signal because the comms on her suit are, 
uh, they have they don't have much in the way of communications equipment at the moment. Yeah. So she was trying to get like better information, better signals. So she was she was higher up on a mountain when this attack happens. And um, it is a pretty brutal scene. Oh, yeah. Um, Marines get ripped in half. Yeah, it's, we've, it's rough. We've seen some, you know, uh, the Halo books have never shied away from moments of, of, you know, extreme violence and that kind of thing. They, you know, they, they've done a pretty good job of just agreeing that at least for the books here, uh, they're going to go full ship, full starship troopers on our asses. Yeah. yeah. And this moment to me kind of separated the beginning of the book where it could, where it's like, okay, we've got action or you got, we got, you know, thrills and chills and, and it's a, it's a high tension halo book. Great. Great. This is where it gets fucked where it, get, it <laughs> this is, this to me is where we're not just dealing with, this is kind of the introduction to everything is awful. War is hell. None of this is, none of this is heroic or good or safe. Uh, this is the this is just it's brutal. It's a really, really rough scene. Yeah. All of the Marines and all of the ODSTs uh die in horrible ways. Um Murphy gets a jackal um claw into the back of his neck and starts getting dragged away when he is able to um he shoots the jackal in the eye, I wanna say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like the back of its head explodes all over him um and they're it's like there's like this silence and and um stonehead came back and she did some really fucking wild like luchador shit to kill a brute <laughs> like she like she did like a spinning hurricane rana off of the top rope of a tree yeah, um, yeah. to snap his neck or something like that <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty cool um yeah. <laughs> but like then you know it's like this moment of oh shit that spartans are really cool to like you know it's it it's then suddenly super quiet and everybody's dead and you just see uh, you you just there's like gavin joe is standing there like and he just keeps saying i'm not a killer i'm not yeah. a killer i'm not a killer and he's like he is covered in blood and and you know uh, bender is like curled up in the fetal position and it is just this gross scene of like oh this shit is terrible yeah um, yeah yeah this is this is a real like war is not heroic or fun or like this is this is not like an adventure this is this is some seriously fucked up shit going on and you've got people who were not trained for this, uh, who are in the middle of it. It, it, it basically is like this is the part where if this were a game, we were we're not playing a first-person shooter anymore. This is a survival game now. Like yeah. it, it's it's absolutely bonkers. It just has a completely different vibe uh, in many ways to uh, the other couple of uh, Halo books we've read in this right. moment. This is where it starts. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so we move on. It's the, um, oh, I forgot to say, uh, stone did get a lead on a place to go. Um, and there was a frigate, um, that crash landed on mm. halo Zeta called the mortal reverie. 
um, that is mo- pretty much intact. Um, and and that's kind of where the UNSC is is calling base for now. Yeah. Um, so the next day uh, they arrive, the two Spartans and the boat crew make their way uh, towards the mortal reverie. And when Stone and Covan get there, uh, they like receive the and they just leave without saying anything to the boat crew. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like Spartans are kind of dicks. <laughs> yeah, they, they're just like, I mean, it's it makes me think of, you know, how they wrote John in the first two books. Where it's just like, you're here for your duty, man. Like, here's here. Are you're now here. Are your new marching orders. Get on out. Yep. Like, and he yeah. they go off and to wherever uh, there, there, there's like one of their, one of the Spartan commanders is, is on the ship and like, go meet with them. And they're like, mm-hmm. yep. And they leave. Um, and there's some sobering moments, you know, they, they deposit the dog tags that they have and the, the dog tags are just go into this gigantic bucket filled with dog tags. Yeah. Um, oh, like the- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that was good writing. Oh, because yeah. Because when they collect, it was it wasn't Murphy. It was um, Lucas. Getting all the names mixed up. That's the trouble. Uh, uh, Murphy was the one who had the dog tags on him. Oh, it was him. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I get. I, I'm getting them a little. Lucas mixed was up there, but yeah, but okay, yeah, it was him then. Uh, and he, like, when he takes them from the fallen Marines, there's a sense of reverence and like. You know, just like doing the right thing. This is this is you know evidence of you were here. This is you know you shall not have died in vain and everything. And they've got a goddamn like it's like a fucking legal box filled with with yeah. dog tags of all the other dudes and and well, women who died. Like it's it's oh it's yeah. crushing. It's a just really drop with the rest. Moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, they're, they're given their, like the breakdown and like, if you're using the showers or the bathrooms, you got to use these main bathrooms. Don't use the bathrooms in the quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been, they've been turned off, uh, to conserve water and all that. So just use the, these main areas. Here's your passes to go get food and, and, and all that stuff. And, uh, and Murphy basically, he has like a, a, a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, when he gets to the cafeteria, um, he just has like this breakdown and the boat crew, it's like this really touching scene of like Murphy is, is like, he's, he, you know, he's, he's overcome with this grief and, and, uh, survivor's guilt, um, I yeah. think is the, the phrase that's used. And, uh, the boat crew basically all comes around and they all put their hands on him and they're like, you got us here. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is you, you were responsible. You saved us. Um, and it's a really touching moment. Yeah. Um, and then they get to eat pizza. Yes, they do. <laughs> because pizza heals all wounds. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Not being facetious. Pizza will fix just about everything. They go and the, in the mess hall is serving pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and they are so happy about it. Yeah, and it's plain. There's no toppings. It's just cheese pizza, and they cry. They're so happy to have that pizza. I get it. I've been there. I've literally been in the exact same position as these people. 
just being crying over piece of pizza, not surviving a, a, a on a hostile alien planet for a week. Yeah, sure. Let's not pizza. talk about it. You know, yeah. let's not talk about it. <laughs> Come on, we're just having fun. Uh, Come on. <laughs> Yeah, you know, alien planet, Savannah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if, if Savannah isn't an alien planet, I defy you to explain to me what it is. I truly- <laughs> um, so um, day nine, we get a little mini arc. Um, now that they're safe, now that the boat crew is safe for now, um, we get a little mini arc kind of catching Horvath up with uh, with everyone else. And uh, he has a, a rough go of it in this section. <laughs> this is, it turns into enemy mine. It's crazy. It's, he, has an, he has an enemy mine sequence. So basically, Horvath <laughs> is walking around this island that he's on. And he's he's like walking like around it. As in like, he's on the top side. He's on the bottom side. He's, mm-hmm. he's just walking in circles trying to find something. He finds the phantom that was killed by the sentinel. It's like, and it's in a bog. It's basically like the X-Wing in Dagobah. Uh, when Luke lands his X-Wing in Dagobah and it sinks in, in the mosh. He, 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 he put the, the X-Wing put ends the, up in the mosh. In the mosh. He put the Phantom in the mosh. In the mosh. When I tell you to, to put the Phantom in the mosh. You put the Phantom in the mosh. <laughs> Jesus God, we have to have a departed uh, supercut. Yeah. The time has come. <laughs> now, where somebody from John Hancock goes to get a blowjob? <laughs> That's where Yeah Yap is. That's where Yeah Yap is. Uh- <laughs> Finally makes sense. Um. So uh, he's like, he sees the phantom. He knows there's a life sign in it. There's like somebody alive in it still. And he's like, not going to go to that first. He goes for a few hours looking around. There's no better option. He has to go into the phantom. He uh, goes into the phantom and he finds, uh, he looks around and he finds one of the, he's basically looking for like just a jump pack and there's none there. Uh, And he finds one of the brutes um, pinned to a uh, one of the chairs basically like fell backwards and pinned him against the wall. And he can't his his arms are pinned and he can't move. And he's very, very angry. Uh, (laughs) Yes, he is. He is. He's very frustrated. uh, He's a deeply frustrated boy. Um, And he's like Horvath is like, I tell you what, uh, I need to dig out that sentinel out there. Uh, what say I, I free you and we have a little bit of a truce. And Horvath is like, I'm going to have to make him give me a truce. Yeah, he's like, I'm yeah, this guy's going to fight me as soon as I do. And, the, and he's like, oh, yes, human. Oh, oh, truce. So Horvath frees him. First thing that the brute does. Um, Gorian is his name. Gorian, yeah. Fucking punches Horvath. Right. And they're just they fall right out of the phantom. And they're just rolling around in the mud, fighting each other. And um, Horvath just keeps punching him in the ribs over and yeah. over again, which because Gorian has fractured ribs. So, yeah. so Horvath keeps punching him in the ribs until Gorian's like, all right, fine, fine. Yeah, no, it's, for real it's this so time. hilarious where he's like, no, but I mean it this time. This time I actually think we should have a truce. 
I'm sorry, I guess. It's a great moment. It is. <laughs> so it's four days later. We fast forward. It's day 13 now. Four days later. If you're keeping track at home, uh, he has three days to get off this island now. Yeah. Um, three days, is it? Um, uh, well, it would be if it, they had a week. So, yeah, they'd have three days left. Yep, three days left. Um, so, uh, Horvath and Gorian are trading barbs over the campfire. Um, Again, I'm getting a lot of Drax vibes, by the way, from Gorian. He's very, very Drax, the destroyer. Yeah. yeah. Um, nothing could go over my head. Uh, my reflexes are too fast. It's, um, <laughs> it's exactly it. It's just everything's <laughs> such a... It's not It's not the, the misunderstanding metaphor part so much as just everything is such a big goddamn very, deal to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My um, honor demands it's human. Yeah, just like, uh, all right, dude. it's it's Christmas Eve, by the way. At one oh, point, right. we have uh, a Christmas moment. It's it, this is a this is a Christmas book. Um, <laughs> our first, our first. <laughs> and uh, at one point, uh, uh, Gorian like. Uh, throws him some chicken and it's like raw on the inside. It's like hasn't yeah. been cooked all the way through. And Horvath well, like, well, well, he throws him some bird. Like he throws him some bird. It's a, a bird. bird that he killed. Yeah, it's know. a bird that he killed, and he just like r- lightly squir- like toasted the outsides. Right. And, <laughs> and Horvath toasty on like, the ins- outside, chewy on the inside. The way you yeah. want your bird. Yeah, keep it keep it nice and. <laughs> creamy on the inside um yes <laughs> horvath like throws it back at him and basically says merry christmas you filthy animal yeah and yeah. Gor- gorian says i don't what is this merriment you speak of and horvath is like of course it's- you wouldn't know that and he's like yeah he w- gorian wouldn't know that he's a fucking alien dude right i mean <laughs> of course you we have i really thought we could have we could have a halo hallmark moment we could. Yeah. It was like it was like it was then that Horvath realized that the Gorian didn't understand the true meaning of Christmas, and he like I, reads to him from from Matthew or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, does and the then, Linus speech? Then the Whoville who's come. He's like, and Gorian's heart grew three times that day through the power of Christ. Through the power of Christ. The miracle child warmed his soul. <laughs> he becomes this weird converted it's, missionary. It's just a super cut of Horvath, like badly misremembering the story of the nativity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's like, yeah. And there are three uh, uh, bikers going through and one of them had, um, 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 Frankie says relax on CD and the other one has gold. <laughs> and uh, oh, oh, like, you know what is his Horvath's character Horvath is now played by. Oh, fuck. What's his name from the Righteous Gemstones? Um, uh, oh, Danny oh, McBride. Horvath Danny is now McBride. Danny McBride's <laughs> character. He is now Danny McBride's character from the Righteous Gemstones in my I'm head. I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> It's the only thing I've ever liked Danny McBride in. So sure, let's go for it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then the, and then the sweet baby Jesus. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Oh god, and it all makes sense. All right. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so they go and they dig. Um, they they work together. They dig out the sentinel. Um, they figure out Elfie's like, well, you know, I can control it for like ten minutes if you let me, uh, let me in there. And he's like, yeah, do what you need to do. So they start walking. They pick it up. They start walking. And the next day, um they basically have finished their trek to the edge of the island and on the other side of the void of space is the rest of the ring. And um, they're like, they're basically going to grab, turn on the Sentinel, each grab onto it, and it's just going to rock it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Wiley e. Coyote strapped to a rocket, basically, at <laughs> this gonna, point. They're going to boogie board their way out of this fucking situation. <laughs> <laughs> so weird okay yeah fine fuck it let's get out of here <laughs> let's do it it's it is the worst option of options but it's a you know terrible what? idea let's let's it's do a it. terrible idea let's do it um so they 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 turn it on they shoot off into space and wouldn't you know what the first thing gorian fucking does is he tries to punch right. <laughs> he gets right into it Gets right into it. He punches Horvath and Horvath lets go. Um, he he flies off. He springboards back uh, off of some uh, debris and he grabs onto Gorian's heel. But now the weight distribution is off. So it fucks up the trajectory. And the, the Sentinel is coming in way too hot, way too low. And basically they make a crash landing on the other side of the void of space it's it's a mess. Um, yeah. And and <laughs> Horvath has like a steel beam sticking into his side. Um, and Gorian is mostly untouched. <laughs> it, it, you hear him saying something like, sorry, dude, I'm a scorpion. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm a scorpion. It's in my nature. Like, God <laughs> damn it, Gorian. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so Gorian basically is like, gives uh, laughs at Horvath and he's like, ah, ah. Um, and, but doesn't, doesn't take this opportunity to finish him off. Um, he's kind of bummed out that Horvath is not at full strength anymore um, for their, their great epic showdown. I'm like Gorian, you just tried to kick him off of a rocket. Yeah, You just, you just tried ago. to sucker punch him off of the goddamn rocket sled. Like way what? to move your goalposts, Gorian. Um, right. So, he goes, Gorian walks off into the distance and he meets up with a crew of banished that are gathering over yonder. And uh, Horvath is like watching this all play out. And Gorian gets on one of the ships and Horvath is like, this is it. They're going to come and they're going to get me. And uh, Gorian doesn't tell them that Horvath is over there. He yeah. just and gets on the ship and they go. And this is and this is why I was getting so excited earlier, because it all makes sense, because he spared him because Horvath taught him about the miracle of the Christ child. And it changed <laughs> Gorian's life. And Gorian is like, no, I'm going to. And Gorian turns into the Robert Redford gif and just kind of like nods at him in the distance yeah. and says, praise Jesus. And they fly away. It makes so much sense now. God, I'm a good writer. So good. 
You know, it took me years <laughs> to realize that that was Robert Redford in that gif. Oh, I, I, I get it. I absolutely get it. <laughs> like, oh, Robert like Redford it. could grow a full beard, couldn't he? A real son of a bitch of a beard. That is a, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, 12 chapters, 14 days of, um, of Halo, the Rubicon protocol. Um, we're 14 days into the six months of basically it's like filling in the six months before Halo Infinite starts. Uh, what are your thoughts so far? Uh, This is Halo PTSD, uh, is what this is. This is like, let's take all of the, uh, all of the heroics and uh, the grand space opera military war fun stuff and remind you that war is a real son of a bitch and, uh, uh, and a nightmare. Uh, and it's, which is amazing uh, for so many reasons. Um, it very uh, surprisingly tough to read uh, at times just because yeah. the subject matter is bleak and, and, and it does not let up. We get our no. brief moment at the mess hall. They're, they've, they've got, you know, a little bit of respite, you know, uh, at at the the base. And uh, but they but they are immediately told they're like, uh, you're getting orders here tomorrow, so eat up all, all your delicious pizza because uh, yeah. you're gonna need the calories uh, for tomorrow. You dine in hell. Uh, yeah. It is. It does not let up. It's it's, it's like terrific. we cut from from pizza pizza fun times to Horvath in the middle of literal enemy mine, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's pretty except, constant. Except it's, it has, it's like enemy mine, but they, but the, the enemy doesn't learn anything and still tries to kill him. At the what end. The fuck? <laughs> I swear to God. It's like, like um, just, just, just like, God, my honor demands that you be fully arrested. Uh, when I kill you, and then he's like, "Oh, oh, I'm, I'm tripping you, tripped you, I win, tripped you." God <laughs> damn it! Yeah, Gorian, that piece of shit. Um, I wonder yeah. if he's going to return later. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think we we've we've, uh, we've set up the big bad for for uh, the book for for Horvath at least. At least, um, yeah. So I am I'm loving it so far. Yeah, you're right. It is pretty fucking bleak. Um, uh, but I think it's, I think it's a, it's a pretty fresh take on the, I think some of the best parts of Halo stories have been when it's instead of like, uh, Master Chief, fuck yeah. Um, but like when, when we're, when we're not being treated to that, but we're, we are treated more to the grim realities of the universe around him. Um, because I think a lot of the times it's easy to forget with how ba- much of a badass like Master Chief is that for a, for long stretches of these wars, the UNSC is losing like it, yeah. it's you're you are on the side of the side. You're on the side that's not winning. And even at the end of games, it's not like it's more of a Pyrrhic victory than uh, anything else. Like at the end yeah. of Halo, uh, like. Oh great! You destroyed one of the halos and lost everybody doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you just feel like you're delaying the inevitable, <laughs> and this and this really clenches its teeth into that. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's wild. These goddamn halos. 
fucking halos. So, they just keep showing you know, up. It's, keep showing up. Why do we you, have you'd them? hope Zeta is the last of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you it's got Zeta's a Z the there. So, yeah. It's got a Z. Man, yeah. Uh, we'll see. So, well, I'm really looking forward to, to continuing through this one. Uh, we're going to be, be doing three parts. Um, this is going to be a three-parter. Um, so uh, it should be should be good times. Now, Phil, yeah. you have a brand new computer. So I have to ask you, what are you playing? Well, as you pointed out, I do have a brand new shiny rig. Uh, very quiet, very lovely. I'm playing Vampire Survivors. Uh, I... <laughs> I I got I got to catch up on my achievos. Uh, I got two of them left for this current run. No, but I I I did I did start playing at your recommendation. I did start playing um, uh, Cult of the Lamb. Oh yeah, and how you and how you liking that? I love it. I I want to thank the designers for creating this game for me uh because that's certainly how it feels the sense of humor uh the the gameplay it's terrific because i was starting to feel nervous because i didn't realize it um how similar the gameplay or at least part of the gameplay was going to be to um uh binding of isaac sure uh which was not a game that i i wanted to like binding of isaac but the the gameplay the controls that sort of thing just it it, it uh I didn't care for it. So when I saw that the aesthetic, the the overworld, the action parts of the games were very clearly influenced by that, I got nervous. But the fact that it's using the slash roll kind of Zelda style um, action instead puts it right in my wheelhouse. And I am uh, just in love with the uh, the cult building simulator aspect of it and, and, and that yeah. kind of thing. It's just right. It's not as deep and uh, obtuse as some survival games can get with it. Right. Uh, it's very accessible. It's very friendly. I love the style. Uh, involves a lot more poop than I expected. Uh, so much poop. So much poop. So I much poop. actually no one warned me about I, the poop. <laughs> I rushed to learn uh, how to build an outhouse. Yeah. Like, I got really tired of the shit. Yeah. Like literally. I'm gonna, I'm going to have to quickly. get in on that, especially, especially because uh, I, I'm, I'm working heavily on making sure I, I'm an agricultural man. So I'm yeah. trying to make sure that we've got a really kick-ass farm set up going yeah. and we're going to need a lot of shit for that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so an you get yourself a couple outhouses. Yeah. Get yourself a yeah. couple outhouses. Get yourself a janitor station. Uh, janitor station's great for the vomit. Um, oh, I haven't run into the vomit just yet. So, no, oh, yeah. yeah, you'll get the vomit. You'll, I'm, you'll sh- get I'm some sure. Vomit. I'm sure. It's, it doesn't um, feel like it would shy away from that. But yeah, I'm nearly to the first uh, big bad. Uh, okay. I believe at this point, uh, it's it's fun. I'm really enjoying it. This it's it, it's the kind of thing I can while away some serious time with. So I'm 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 happy to be back. Uh, yeah, with, with something like this. And so I what just, about you, I, Kevin? What are you playing? So. I actually just finished Call to the Lamb. Oh, um, nice. I, I just rolled credits on it uh, this week. So um, I was playing that up until um, up until a few days ago. I, I wrapped up on Call to the Lamb and um, 
I I real I have to say I really like it. I it's yeah. one of those games where it does a lot of things and it does them good. And it it does it it's not like it's not like Don't Starve, which is one of the aesthetics that it yeah. seems to kind of borrow from. Um it's it's got tighter combat than I felt than than Binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's it would be it's one of those it's a game that had binding of Isaac not existed, it would have been like, ooh, this is very edgy. But binding of Isaac sure. makes it seem like super like simple and and lighthearted in comparison. Um but yeah, it does a lot of things very well. It's fun. It has a lot of nice mm-hmm. little side quests. Um I, I I think I completed almost all the side quests in the game. I didn't get nice. all the achievements. I was I, I was missing like six by the time I wrapped up on it. Um, but yeah, it's totally worth the the time and money that I put into it. So yeah, um, yeah. I thought I thought I paid full price. There's twenty five bucks. I think that's a, a good sweet spot for this game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's not like other because it does have a that a bit of a roguelike element to it. Yeah. But it's not a so it took me 13 and a half hours in total to to roll credits on it. It's not like other okay. roguelikes where I come back to it time and time again and just keep playing um, because it is very story based. So, yeah, 14 hours is is was a good amount. Um, I also got back into Vampire Survivors uh, nice. to try to try to catch up on my achievements there. And um uh, so what I need to get back into now, um, now that I've done that, is working on a little bit more of Last Call BBS. Um, still have a few uh, uh, puzzles to solve in 20th Century Food Court. And uh, what else? Um, Weird West. I still need to still want to roll credits on Weird West. That's uh, that's what I'm going to have to pick up next. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm playing. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Uh, I really appreciate you all coming in and, and listening to us. We're, we're coming off some pretty good months for the for the podcast. Um, and, and I'm happy that all of you are listening and uh, laughing and loving. Um, <laughs> listen, laugh, love, you know. Man, every every week at some point lately, it, Kevin will share the numbers with me on <laughs> on the downloads. And fuck, you people are out there! Like, yeah, it, there's it's, people out there, and they seem they like their media, they like their novel, uh, their novelizations, and their tie-ins. And I'll and, say and that. man, and we're thrilled to have you. Like, because this is it, it, we've said this before, but like, this is such this is not exactly. Uh, mainstream uh the subject matter for what we're doing here so no it is not. it's it's thrilling uh, to have you there it is it is not mainstream yeah no. uh, we, so thanks are, for listening you're pretty niche <laughs> yeah so thanks for listening everybody um if you are uh so inclined Please follow us on Twitter at PixelitPod and on Instagram at the same handle at PixelitPod. Rate us five stars on all of the platforms that you perchance listen to us on. That would be Pod, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or anything else. Five-star reviews really help us out. 
Uh, if you want, you can go to our website, pixelitpod.com, where we have the automated transcript of each episode, as well as links to uh, all of our guest appearances in other podcasts and YouTube videos, uh, and links to our Discord and Steam Curator pages. So uh, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and have a good night, everybody. Bye.